are at our fifth and last money block uh, and the fifth episode in the Life and Money Conversations podcast. And this money block, Partha, is such an important one uh, because this is really the last step into getting your money life in order. And um, I'm sure in your career, given that you work with a lot of individual clients, you may have faced this from the other side yourself, uh, the lacking in trustworthy uh, financial advice. So the assumption is that I'm not going to get good financial advice. Uh, it doesn't exist. And hence, I will do just whatever little bit I can with my money. So do you come across this or have you come across this? Yes, uh, quite a lot. In fact, um... I would say a lot of uh, uh, the population, the IT segment uh, in the 30s, mm. I have come across initially, at least till they are empowered, that they believe uh, they can do it by themselves. And they think, you know, by just going through blogs, by going through all those internet sites, uh, they think they know stuff and they can manage. And you have all the apps now that they can do it. Uh, I think it takes some few hot knocks and then they realize probably, yes, uh, they might need help uh, in some way or other. Uh, but yes, uh, predominantly, if you looked at the world has not changed much, not just India, across the world, 75% of the consumers still rely on themselves, family and friends. Right take their financial decisions. So yeah. it's, it's, it's not changed that really well, yeah. Financial advisory is something that has been there for a while, but as you're saying, you know, this, it, it, it's not been a very fast growing kind of uh, industry or line. Um, but, you know, what is the benefit actually of having uh, sort of professional financial advice? And as you mentioned, there are apps today which enable you to at least earlier there wasn't I mean there was you needed an intermediary kind of at least for the execution uh, but now even the execution has been automated to an extent that people can do it themselves and there is so much information be it YouTube videos or be it you know what the manufacturers put out from product side uh, of course the apps um, that one can do it themselves so what is the benefit then why should one even get into this whole frame of, uh, you know, getting professional advice? Yeah, great question. So you have everything as access, but what is the missing part is uh, we all at the end of the day are human beings with emotions. Right. And, uh, people believe that actually money involves logical decision-making process. Mm -hmm. It's actually, again, it's emotions, 90%, it's 10% logical. So what happens when the markets move up and down and today we are seeing the ticker tape and you can literally see in your smartphone, the reds and greens happening. And based on that, we take the decisions, the emotional decisions, not logical decisions in such a way that uh, if a fall of 1% or 2% happens in Sensex, I have seen a lot of people, of course, things have changed a lot now, I would say, uh, stopping their cycles. The systematic right. investment plan, it's like the recurring deposit you do yeah. in mutual yeah. funds, yeah. right? And yes, we have progressed quite a bit now where 
investors are more aware for the long term, yeah. they stay put, they are doing that. But what also the apps cannot do, mm-hmm. all said and done, it's been proven across the world. For example, Wealthfront and few other robo-advisors were launched in the US about, uh, if I'm not wrong, 10, 10, 12, 13 years ago. And it was expected they are going to overtake the human advisors. No, hardly. Hardly. Uh, they, they probably have 10, 15% market share in the assets under advice category. So why? So it's, it's a great enabler, no doubt about it. The single reason is that people want to talk to humans. Right. And that's not going to change. You might have more and more automation. Yeah. You might have more and more sophisticated tools to track all your investments. But at the end of the day, it's it's the people that you rely on, and it could be any financial professional. These days, you have more and more specific category of people helping, like financial coaches, financial wellness advocates, financial therapists. So you you can really go to yeah. those yeah, yeah. specialized people as well to you know take help actually. Yeah, so it's not just your advisor really; it's a whole um, circle of people who can sort of help you get through this whole, uh, you know, money aspect of your life. And I think another thing that is there is that if you are in your job or if you're doing something which keeps you occupied, then to take that time out to be yeah. able to make these financial decisions in an efficient manner, to, to be able to know what is efficient, what is relevant. I think all these people in the circle of financial advice, coaching, therapy, they can actually help especially because you don't have the time maybe to, you know, figure this out yourself. So better to spend your time doing what you are good at and seek professional advice from uh, people who are good at doing this. Absolutely. That's what the, the lot of numbers have shown that initially, yes, in your 20s, you can manage because you have very little disposable income. Right. And within that, you have very little surplus for you to right. save and invest. So you can manage, that's great. You can make some mistakes, experiment, that's fine. But the biggest category is your peak period of earning, which is 30 to 45. And like what you said is so true, focus on what you're good at and leave the the money management part with someone because they can help you out. And the classic cases, I I can share my example. When we launched an online platform as a do-it-yourself platform in terms of uh, empowerment leading up to a place of they can actually go and decide what they want to invest. We didn't get into that wise part. We thought more and more people would sign up for the do-it-yourself platform in terms of learning and understanding and moving towards that because we are giving focused, uh, uh, I would say, intervention, behavioral change, cutting out all the noise and and, and help them to make the better informed decisions through mini modules, immersive sessions online. Mm -hmm. But we realized not many people were going there. And we realized people still want human beings. And then take this classic case of the the stats from mutual funds. Uh, It's only till now 20% of the people or the retail investors are going through direct. Right. You still have 80% of the people still have to, you know, go through direct or even at least 50% to say, yes, there's a shift. 
yeah, yeah. are not relying on humans. So, and, and in the US is a classic example. If you are seeing 15, at the most 20% is only into the robo platforms, robo advisory platforms, you know where we are. So yeah. I think it's very important. The reason being is it's not just money, right? There are so many aspects of life in which yeah. you can talk to an advisor or any of these professionals and you can integrate it yeah. because money plays a significant role in all aspects of life. Yeah. And you're right in saying that, you know, maybe as young earners, uh, it's easier to do it yourself. But as your level of income, your level of responsibility, your understanding of what goals you might have in life, as that starts to grow, uh, you do need some help. And uh, rather than trying to do all of that yourself and match it into, you know, something that's uh, enjoyable, something that, um, you know, makes sense. It's better to actually get the help of someone who's in the profession. But, you know, it's uh, this, this belief is there. I think it's not so much women, women centric. It is there with men also where, they, you know, people don't trust financial advice, particularly uh, you'll trust a doctor, whoever he is, because you don't know anything. But financial advice, people are afraid to trust. Where does this belief really come from? What do you think? Um, like, like everything starts from experience, right? If you go back, the kind of experiences uh, either the parents would have gone through or they themselves would have gone through early on, um, they, it wouldn't have been very pleasant. So from that experiences, the belief are basically uh, uh, laid out that yeah. I can't trust anyone in the financial industry. The generalization aspect comes in. And to break that, you need to have someone who can really educate and empower them yeah. and can intend to serve them well. Then that whole belief system changes because they got a new experience. The yeah. old experience was is a mis-selling or cheated yeah. or yeah. whatever yeah. you could uh, uh, say uh, that's happened. So that's where I believe it comes from. It's the experiences and from there, the beliefs and from there, the thought process and the feelings that arise out of it and the action on results is no, I don't want to go to any of these financial advisors. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm pretty happy doing my bank deposits, buying real estate and buying gold. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't need the other aspects to have the diversification basically. Yeah. Yeah. to have more uh, yeah it's uh, it's uh, it's a wonder so real estate and gold are still the heaviest parts of the indian household savings allocation mm -hmm. and uh, real estate we know empirically that it can be very tricky if you've you know gone wrong with your choice of location choice of builder um you know the the uh, sort of uh, value of the property you know a lot of things can go wrong and at the end of it, you may be left, if you're lucky, then no. But if you're not, then you may be left with a chunky asset that you don't, you can't do anything with. You can't sell it. A yes. uh, lot of fraud even happens in real estate. And yet the preference is because that is something you can do yourself. You know, you go yourself, assess, etc. cetera. Um, but with a lot of the financial investments and financial securities, I think the the um, the comfort is not there to do it themselves because also real estate and gold are age old investments, which have been kind of you know you've seen your parents do it and other generations do it, so you have more trust in maybe that rather than financial advice. Probably. Not only that, it's very simple. It's tangible versus intangible, right? right. You can literally feel it. You can touch it. You can do all that stuff with real estate. You can you can go see yourself, mm -hmm. see the progress. 
in yeah. terms of the construction and all that stuff. You can see the development happening around the area. So you can uh, you can make out somewhat, okay, this might be a good bet. Yes. Yeah. And with gold, you can really feel it and yeah. touch it, yeah. right? Intangible is all these, uh, you know, right from bank, FD is something people will go because bank is something people always yeah. trust. Yeah. But other products which are not guaranteeing you returns, it's intangible. And it's also the most important thing, like what Monica Harlan said, which I liked it very much. When people don't know what's going to happen five, 10 years down the line, this product is going to deliver. Yeah. They are not very sure about it because it's intangible. They yeah. cannot feel it. I think that was very interesting psychological point of view she brought yeah. in terms of 10 years down the line, this product I expect to deliver the kind of return or create wealth for me, but I'm not even sure because I can't even feel it. Yeah, one can make out, yes, it's a very uh, psychological uh, thing actually to address. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it's interesting. So the, really this belief has come perhaps over the years with you know, the kind of experiences, as you were saying, people have had and the experience with financial products and, you know, products which are market linked is maybe limited in terms of number of years, actually, that people have gone through it. And so maybe it'll take more time for that to come through. Yeah. I mean, if you look at, if you look at the first product was probably Canra and Morgan Stanley kind of uh, products, which started uh, just around the early 80s. And there was a lot of uh, misinformation. People didn't know about it. People who were selling it also didn't know about it. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, it's hardly 40, 42 years. So, yeah, pretty young. Uh, so the, the other thing is that when, when it comes to financial advice, really, uh, we have seen a lot of fraud also happening. And uh, just uh, what's happening now with that, uh, there is a, uh, you know, FPO, the follow-on public offer for Ruchi Soya, where the regulator has had to intervene yeah. uh, because some fraudulent SMSs had been uh, sent. So all these kind of things perhaps make people a little bit more fearful of trusting an intermediary when it comes to their money and how to invest it, etc. Um, and while you're investing in anything, you're looking at you know, a number, a return, or how many years, or, you know, there's something which is measurable, which is quantifiable. What is the cost? What is the return? How many years I need to be invested? But how does one measure trust? So how does one say that, uh, you know, okay, I trust you. Why should I trust you? And just hand over, right? Um, it, it, maybe that's also one kind of hurdle uh, in uh, looking for professional financial advice. Yeah, you brought in a beautiful point, trust. In fact, before trust, there's a word trustworthy. Trust is something you earn over a period of time, but are you trustworthy? That's a first step. And for the trustworthy and the trustworthiness and trust, it's about the feeling, right? Yes. Do you feel this person is trustworthy? Can I uh, trust this person with my money that it will be safer or relatively safer and I can achieve my objectives with the person helping me out. So it's all about that feeling, right? And it comes from the gut. It comes from intuition. And where does it all again goes back to that experience, experiences and beliefs. So we frame those experiences and beliefs and then it's the subconscious mind that works. And, and at some point of time, 
some people we feel trustworthy, some people we don't feel trustworthy. So many a times people in financial service have to work very hard to earn that trust. Right. And it takes a lot of patience and perseverance to do that. And that's where I think uh, you will see a really good advisor versus someone who's average. It's not that nobody has the intent to do anything bad, but I think a good advisor is someone who was taking that extra effort to bring in that trustworthiness and trust into it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah you're right. I mean, it is a matter of intuition. And, um, you know, if, you, if you're good with your intuition, then that's great. Now, if somebody is not good, I think as just as a rule of thumb, if somebody is promising you the earth and moon and stars and sky all at the same time, I think, you know, uh, and, you know, you should develop that intuition. You'll know that it is not something that you can blindly trust and maybe put in some checks and balances, some questions. We can discuss that in a bit as well. Yeah. But, uh, I mean, as a as a investor, as an individual, as a consumer, little bit, one has to also, um, you know, do that work in trying to establish the trustworthiness, as you said. Yes, absolutely. I think the first thing to do is ask a lot of questions. What you don't know, ask a lot of questions. Yeah. Yeah. Do the homework, study all the materials. Don't just sign up blindly. Yeah. I think it's very, very important to do that. Educate yourself and also ask that the questions to the professionals who come to you and ask, is it true? And then maybe, you know, take your time. You don't need to rush into it. Oh, just because the markets are going up or it's a lost opportunity or is this this product is closing tomorrow. It's okay, okay. if this product closes tomorrow, there's next product. So we can always uh, do that. And also the one important thing, what, what the broader aspect, why the trust is not happening, especially in the capital markets is, it's that uh, thing about markets are rigged. So I would rather not do yeah. anything risky. It's all a gamble. It's on the generations, yeah. right? It's all Stock market is a gambling den. That's yeah. what has passed. And I've met so many women after the workshop, they will come to me privately and talk to me and say, my father says the stock market is a gambling den. I shouldn't be investing in it. And you are saying you can invest in stock markets or mutual funds, which represent that, where it's a pool of money you put in so that they can pick the stocks for you. Uh, but I'm finding it very difficult to digest this. Uh, my father has gone through some experiences, yes, but I also don't believe in that. It may not be true, but I really don't know how to convince my father. Right. So right. They, they go through that challenge as women, especially. And again, that's where I see that stereotype being built, right? Uh, the men, if they were to take the decision, the family allows them to experiment. Yeah. How strange it is, right? Yeah. I mean, the women have to ask even unforgiving. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 It's a, it's a strange one there. And I think women need to access professional advice just as much or maybe even more than men do. Yeah. So it's important for them to, firstly, as you said, develop this kind of intuition, this kind of, you know, uh, ability to judge who they can trust and who they can't trust. And of course, like we are talking, don't be greedy. Don't go like, you know, for somebody who's offering you more just because they are offering you more. You know, one has to do the research, understand what it, what it is that will help you achieve your goals and look for uh, advice that can plug those gaps rather than, you know, promise you 
um, everything in return. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, so that brings me to this, that why does one need to really reframe this belief of uh, not being able to trust uh, financial advice, professional financial advice? How can one really benefit? So a simple study that was done just to give you the stats, why it makes sense to go through advisors. There was a study done by uh, one of a good friend of mine, and he's a professional PhD in finance from Europe. His name is, I think, Dr. Christopher Lubinoff. He did a study and found out uh, investing on your own versus investing with the help of an advisor. And the advisor is not some ordinary advisor, the advisor who focuses on behavioral change. Right. What's behavioral change is helping you to increase your savings, decrease your expenses so that you can move that money towards your goals. Right. And he found out they are actually able to help you to retire early because right. it's able right. to accumulate income faster. Mm -hmm. There's a beautiful study that's been done, and uh, I can even share that report if anybody is interested. We can send them that report, a very one-pager, succinct, uh, graphical way it represents. It, it increases your retirement complex by 2x to 2.5x by wow. going with a financial advisor uh, who focuses on behavioral change, not someone who just focuses on, you know, where to put your money, like, you know, equity, debt, cash and diversify it, but goes much beyond that by one step, focusing on helping you to, you know, get into the behavioral change, which is a tough thing, but they work with you to make that happen. Right. So, uh, yeah, that's a great differentiator. So it's, yeah. you know, moving from just the investment products to what it is that you want to achieve in life and how you can make your money work towards that and uh, finding the gaps in what you're doing today in terms of your actions and your behavior and fixing or helping you fix those gaps so that you can achieve whatever it is that you want and in do it yourself more often than not if you if you don't have anybody working with you parallelly on this other aspect of what do you want out of life you'll just end up focusing on investment products and what is giving me a great return and you know it becomes very narrow in its scope of what the outcome will be or can be potentially. I think that's a, that's a great differentiator to focus on behavior and where that leads you in life rather than uh, just where you are investing your money. And also there's a beautiful thing related to the beliefs. There's a research that has come out by eMoney. Money is a financial software uh, financial planning software company in the US. Right. They have done this study with the resident, I mean, with the consumers, and they found out what they are looking for from financial advisors is much more than money. Uh, three things stand out. One is, can they help them out in career? Can right. they help them out in physical health? Can they help them out in mental health? Well, this yeah. is the latest study. Yeah. Can you imagine they are expecting financial advisors to go much beyond numbers? Well, it's, uh, I mean, it's a great yeah. phase. Financial advisors have to evolve as well and uh, exactly. you know, to, to gain that trust from investors. Absolutely. And then if you look at it, it's everything is intertwined, right? Look at the age group or the people. Mm -hmm. uh, it's that peak period that you are earning and, and the world is thriving, yet at the same time, there is so much uncertainty. And they are all looking at someone to help them, you know, thrive in their career. Mm -hmm. 
And if these people are professionals can provide some information, provide some, you know, coaching in terms of where they want to go next in their career. Yeah. That's great. Then physical health is something everybody is focusing on thanks to COVID, whether we like it or not, it's brought right. in focus. And of course, along with that, the mental health. Mental so health. these three has acted as a huge thing which one can actually position themselves to build that trustworthiness and trust because you are going much beyond the numbers. Mm-hmm. And that means you are bringing in empathy, you are bringing in kindness, you are bringing in compassion. So a whole lot of factors that go into it to define yourself as beyond numbers-oriented financial advisor, right? And people are also now understanding the very fact that they are expecting these areas of their life to be addressed means people are evolving to a stage. They're not looking at just returns. They are looking at much more. And I'm sure in India also it's started happening. I have come across with clients I have worked with. They go beyond numbers when you take them there. So it is possible to do that. So empathy, compassion, kindness, definitely something we can't get from an automated Yes, absolutely. Uh, but a trustworthy financial advisor is somebody who can provide you with uh, a lot of this and which will help in your money life. Yes. Okay, last thing, Partha, uh, before we sign off is on, you know, what practically what can people do um, before that trustworthiness is established? Are there any steps that, uh, you know, individuals can take uh to move towards that trustworthiness uh, for an advisor? Like what can they do? Yeah, a very simple step I would suggest is uh, 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 look at uh, websites of advisors, learn more about them, interview them, Mm -hmm. and most important, understand what are their values and find out are your values matching with their values. I think once you get that values fit, it's a lot more easier to work with an advisor that you are comfortable with. Right. Uh, right. So that's very, very important because the values really, really can, when it's aligned very well, the advisor is going to put your interest first mm-hmm. rather than his or her interest first. Uh, so the values could be a good one. And one of the ways to do it is do have the conversation with the with the potential advisors, shop around, at least do three or four advisors, talk to, and then take a call. And most important, don't rush into just because you've got some money. Yeah, take absolutely. the time, learn, understand, and then go forward. And, and apps are great, again, is for enabling, it's for execution. It's not that you have to ditch it. You can do that. You can work with some of the advisors who are actually fee-only advisors who yeah. put client interest first. So you can work with them basically. So you can look at that. And, and you, all, you also can talk to someone in the WFN network. We have just started creating people who will focus on putting client interest first. So you can do that too. Yeah. Excellent. So, uh, you know, there are people out there who can uh, do this for you and you just have to... Um, match values i think that that's a that's such an excellent point um because if you spend time and you don't have to like you said rush into it spend time with the advisor first understanding what their value system is and whether it matches yours 
Um, and of course, like you said, uh, WFN has an entire community also and uh, a whole uh, place for qualified uh, people who can step into some of these roles as well. And I think uh, one way to just, you know, do this uh, practically before you have established trust, of course, do your homework. Uh, don't chase return. I think yes. that's the mistake a lot of people make. Uh, they chase return and where the return is not, high return is not promised you automatically don't, uh, you know, go for that. Ensure that everything is in your name, you yes. know. Uh, and of course, go only for regulated um, products, you know, where the advisors, advisors may not always be registered, but, you know, make sure that they are dealing in regulated products. And yes. that's where this whole crypto space comes in with a big question mark, you know, what are you to do with it or not do with it? And regulation is really something that is, you know, important. So as far as your advisors are concerned, they should also, you know, be on the same page, I feel. So these okay. are some things one can do, I think, before... Uh, yeah. yeah, absolutely. And I think the overall aspect is that align your values with goals Yeah, because we're on a journey of life from A to B. In that A to B life journey, you're going to have many milestones, some financial, some life. Life could be retirement, life could yeah. be entrepreneurship, life could be taking that tour uh, experience. Financial could be, you know, funding your children's education or marriage or even your retirement for that matter. Yeah. So that journey is very, very important. So the focus has to be on goals aligned with values. Then it becomes a lot more easier rather than chasing returns. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So um, thank you so much, Partha. There is a way to get to a you know, space where you have a trustworthy financial advisor. And uh, for those who are listening in, uh, they you know, probably have some idea now of how to go about it. And hopefully we'll shun this whole idea that, you know, financial services professionals can't be trusted. You just have to find the ones who can be trusted. Yes, absolutely. And there are there, those yeah. kind of professionals. Yeah. 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 So thank you so much, Partha. This is uh, not the end of Life and Money uh, Conversations podcast. Those will continue, but we have come to the end of the first kind of theme which was the money blocks and we've discussed five of them over five episodes uh, for whoever's listening in and you haven't heard all five do go back in uh, it's all there and uh, you know if you have any kind of money block I'm sure these will help with that yes absolutely if you have any questions do shoot to us in any of the social media we'll be happy to answer Great. Thank you, Partha. And see you soon again for the next session on Life Thank and Money. Thank you so much, Lisa. It was wonderful having these conversations on life and money focused on money blocks. Mm -hmm. So it's 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 great covering those five money blocks, especially women have. But also, I must say, some of the men do have too. Yes, so it's very important to know that. Yes. Thank you so much. Yeah. Thanks, Partha.